Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Happy, happy Saturday. Welcome back to the Hebrew Congregation of Houston. Um, you see, I have a little different background. I'm in San Francisco, California. I like the party. You know, that's a little song, but anyway. <laughs> and so um, my son, uh, Minister Griff, and his lovely wife, they are having a baby shower. And so I'm going to be a Madea. Remember, I told you I'm going to be a Madea. And so I called my grandmother Madea. And so uh, our grandbaby will call me Madea. But anywho, uh, welcome back. Uh, we'd like for you to share the episode. We're going to uh, make it short today. You know, I'm a little off-killed and um, won't be no Easter keeping it real today, but we will have our health is our wealth, which is very important. So, Lakota uh, Lisa is going to be doing our health is our wealth, and um, that's very important. And Lakota Lisa, you can go ahead and take it over now. All right. Thank you so much. It's a great privilege to be before your people, before God's people, to share um, in information about health and wealth today. So we, we have the same color on today. So we yes, don't want to. I saw it. that. I saw that. We're looking cute today, you and I. Uh huh. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let me see if I can share my screen with okay. you. Rabbi, you looking handsome. We won't leave you out. <laughs> Are you okay. all able to see that? Yes, we see taste Very good. versus Very nutrition. good. And as we've been talking, Minister Michael's um, en route, but as we've been talking, uh, we've been talking about taste versus nutrition. And of course, we all have grown up on uh, how does this taste or taste that, or in, even in the uh, malls or in the grocery stores, they're handing out food to wanting you to taste. But is that food nutritious? Is it helpful? Is it healthy? And so we have to consider either one, taste or nutrition. But what I have found and what I am finding more of is that what's nutritious, we can make it taste good for us. We can pacify our palate, if you'll say. And you know, a lot of times things taste good, smell good, looks good, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily so. Nutritious and nutrition made to taste delicious. You can do that. All of you guys are cooks. Don't fall for that order online or uh, meals delivered to your home. You want to check the nutrition of those. So I'm going to go on into the next one. And I'm going to be very brief this evening. I know many times we have talked about wanting some suggestions as to um, what brands we can have, where we can get these. And if you're, well, you're all over the country. So many of these stores that we have here in Houston, you have your location as well. And so you can get these at Kroger, you can get these at um, HEB, you can get them basically wherever you shop. Now, some of these are store brand names, so they may not be at every store. But I would suggest that if you can, take a look at these and see if you can purchase them at your favorite grocery store. And so uh, my favorite uh, brand is um, Simple True. And I like Simple True for the fact that I have to count carbs as opposed to other people counting calories. So they have the lowest amount 
of carbs or the lowest number of carbs. And so that's uh, usually my go-to brand when I am picking out food from the store. As and a matter of fact, simple, it's simple truth, T-R-U-E? Simple truth, yes. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, there are other brands. There are many. Uh, I didn't get a chance to load as many as I could on here. But uh, their milk. For me, I am an almond milk drinker. So for me, it has the lowest amount of carbs than regular uh, cow's milk. And so that's helpful in me uh, taking care of my body, taking providing my body with what I need. I also like their breads. I just started this recently. Their breads, they have, um, and you'll see another picture of it over here. They have quinoa bread. So that's vegan bread. And, you know, I was thinking bread, how could bread be vegan? But it's made with quinoa as opposed to um, flour. And so you want to watch um, your intake of that if that's a concern for you. Also, we have uh, Applegate is vegan. Okay. You think meat, vegan? They have it. They have it. And many of these here are made to taste like, remember we talked about taste as opposed to nutrition and they are nutritious, but they taste good. They're basically uh, prepared so the is, same way. What is Applegate? Is that a name brand or? A name brand. Okay. That's a name brand of chicken and maple sausage. Oh, okay. So I have left basically meat, basically. But when you prepare it, it tastes just almost the same, but you're not eating flesh as opposed to eating what it's made of is uh, vegetables. It's seasoned just like you would have some maple syrup. I mean, some maple sausage. Mm -hmm. Okay. And all of us are familiar with the um, kettle brand chips. You can find them in Whole Foods. You can find them in vegan stores. You can find them in... Um, just about any store, that brand. Also, your dairy. Now, you would think, no, not your dairy being vegan, but it is. Mm -hmm. Because if you've got your milk and then you've got your out, outside covering for the ice cream, it's made uh, in a vegan style. It's very good. It's very flavorful. You also have your boca. Now, um, you can find, uh, they come in different, styles they come in strips they come in crumbles they're very tasty very tasty don't be shy about trying them try them one at a time uh you have the garden brand it's very good they have chicken strips they have chicken tenders whatever your palate desires i just bought some of these wraps and so i can take whatever um meat that i want or fish uh that i want and use these are vegan. Uh, they're made of um, spinach. Now, is this stuff in Whole Food stores, or is it like they have like, it there as well? I, like this, all of this I got at Kroger. I shop at Kroger H E B. Do they have yes, the, these? Get that there as well. Okay. They have that there. Okay. Now, the Simple Truth they may not have, but they may have their store brand. Simple Truth is a Kroger store brand. Okay. Okay, but you can try all of these and be patient with yourself. Uh, for me, 
it didn't take me any time to um, to adjust to it. So, so, I mean, I went from one to the other and that's where I'm staying right now. So give them a try, give um, and buy one at a time or buy what you can afford or buy what you think you might wanna try and then try something the next time you go shopping. And with that, I'm gonna turn it back over to you, Minister. Okay, and so, um... What's that woman who comes on all the time? She's vegan with the, uh, she's an internet sensation. Uh, I don't know if you're talking about Karen Hunter. No. Uh, or Dr. Pam Popper. No, she's an African-American woman with, she has the, the big Afro, the thick hair. Anyway, um, she was on Jada Pickett uh, um, on the Red Table Talk. And she was talking about how she was literally about to die. She's 39 years old and her parents had, had died and a lot of people had died early in, in her uh, family. And then she went to eating vegan. She was just gonna do it for 30 days and she had had a headache like every day and then she started eating vegan and the Lord told her to, to uh, tell people about it. And so she was doing Uber and she went to this vegan store and, and just did a TikTok. Her daughter told her, taught her how to do a TikTok. So she did a TikTok and she went viral and she got a contract and this lady's making millions of dollars. But I was just, she was just saying that she was on the urge of dying until she went vegan. And she said what, what the tradition of eating and how she was eating and what she was eating was killing her. Exactly. Foods are, are laced with different things that we don't know about um, and like we've said before in previous episodes, everything that's out there is not meant for our body. Mm -hmm. You'll find many testimonies of people that were big, that were um, just ordinary people eating just what they wanted and decided to go vegan. I just got, I just talked to a young man on, um, I'm trying to remember, it may have been on Facebook, but he said that uh, as a result of taking um, CMOS, because he was dying mm -hmm. and he switched over to CMOS and he was about to have a heart attack. I think that's what he was saying. He was wow. very close. So changing the diet, giving the body what it needs. And that's what it is. We've been taught to eat quick. You know, we've been taught to eat uh, what our forefathers, you know, grandparents, you know, parents ate. And not all the time has that been healthy. It tastes good, mm -hmm. but not all the time has it been healthy for us. And so now, just like we've been saying over the past few weeks, we're finding out, this is what I need. This is what my body needs. This is what's good for me. I just went to the eye doctor two days ago and he looked at my report, I had all the little tests and pre-tests that they do for you before you go in to see the doctor. And they were all great, but he came in and he said, what did you do? And I was like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. Am I in trouble? What's wrong? What's... He said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Because it was so much better. I've changed my diet. And so I'm beginning to experience the effects of that. We thank you so much, Akota Lisa. Your health is your wealth. And you have to do something different. If your body is under attack, you keep running to, to, to the doctor every week 
it's still, it's not doing any good. There's something you need to change and that's your nutrition. If you uh, are always sad all the time and depressed, there's something you need to change. And that's what your, your soul, your spirit, man. And so we're trying to cover everything. And that's why I love the Hebrew congregation of Houston. We're on episode 67 because we want to uh, touch on your uh, Easter keeping it real. And this is about like secular things that's going on in the community. So I'll talk about something next week. And then we want to talk about your health is your wealth, because if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. You can't even sit on here and talk. You land in some bed over there uh, uh, telling people to pray for you. Versus you can't even pray for yourself because you didn't even deal with your spirit, man, before you, you got sick. Come on now. We got yeah. I said I won't do Easter keeping it real, but I guess I'm starting to start in, huh? I can't help it. It's just in me. But um, you don't have to do something different. And so what, what Easter, we're we going to do different. We're going to change our health. We're going to cut down some of the, cut off those traditions that fried food all the time. Cut off those traditions on, on how we uh, look at different things. Cut off those traditions of those pagan holidays. Cut off on uh, those, uh, your prayer life. You want to go to a higher level, you're going to have to do some, something different. That's just, how, that's just how it goes. And if I had to do something different, so do you. Uh, Yahweh, he's no respecter of person. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, we thank everybody for coming on. Um, like I said, we're on episode 67. And we have Apostle Dr. Benjamin, and I know he sent us, uh, we've been having a discussion back and forth about speaking in tongue. And so uh, our parashah was what, uh, Genesis 6 to 11 and 32 was our, our parashah uh, that we're going to talk about too, Rabbi Optional. So um, if you can just tell us, Apostle, let's open that up for discussion. How y'all doing today? Blessed. I'm in San Francisco, Amen. California. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I sent that out um, because the, I think his name is uh, David Hernandez. Uh, he did a wonderful teaching on, on tongues. And he even taught me something that I didn't know. Or I should say he, he enlightened me and I wasn't thinking about it in the way that he, he taught it. So it really uh, enhanced my understanding of it as well. Uh, so I, I, I guess the three things that he said that probably need to mention real quick is that there are three types of tongues. He called it public tongue, uh, private or individual tongue, and the... Um, Oh, what's the other one? Uh, prophecy tongue. Uh -huh. So the individual tongue is what we what we call speaking in your prayer language. And that edifies you. You're speaking only to Father. And no one knows what that heavenly tongue is but and what you're saying, but you and Father. Then he talked about the public tongue or the proof tongue. And he used Acts 2 when everybody was in the upper room and Holy Spirit fell on their tongues like glowing fire. Mm -hmm. And everyone heard them speaking in their own language. You had Jews from everywhere. Well, you had more than Jews, but people from everywhere. And they heard 
their language coming from these people in that room. And of course, you heard another, you had another party of people who said they must be drunk because they they just talking all kinds of ways. They they couldn't understand and didn't understand what was going on. So he called that proof tongue because those folks from a different land speaking in a different language understood their own language coming from the upper room. And then he talked about the prophetic tongues when uh, you have someone who speaks in a congregation and you have an interpreter. So that's that's the prophetic tongue or the prophecy tongue. And I, I would think most of us have our, have experienced that, but he probably experienced all of these. And I had never categorized them in these three particular categories, but I have experienced each one of those. And the good thing about it, he mainly came from 1 Corinthians 14, Acts 2, and 1 Corinthians 12. And what, what's good is that he has scripture to support everything that he sees. And I, I think I, um, someone was saying that you shouldn't just talk in, you shouldn't just pray in public. But he was justifying praying in public by saying, it's for the unbeliever, not the believer, when you speak in public like that. And scripture, you know, it's really for the, for, for the believers. And we're trying to show the unbelievers the right way to go. So that's, that's basically what that, that video showed us. I want to have any general discussion about it. Either one of those tongues? Yes, I, I watched some of it, and um, he was talking about the body, the soul, and the spirit, and how um, the body is like a physical thing where, where we cover our hair sometimes and we do pray, and sometimes you pray out of the emotional versus we should always pray out of the spirit, which is the Holy Spirit uh, leading us out of, he went out of Romans 8, 26 through 8. And right. so... Um, Let's go back to baby food because I'm a host and a lot of you are more advanced than me. So baby food, let's talk about uh, speaking in tongues. And um, you all, like I said, we having an open discussion. So speaking in tongues for me was that because the devil can hear what you say, what comes out of your mouth. And so the gift of speaking in tongues is usually used because the devil doesn't understand what speaking in tongues is. And it's a language between you and the Lord and also the groaning, which we in Romans eight, like he put on there that we don't even know what to pray about. So the speaking in tongues, let the Holy Spirit use us to pray about things that we don't even know, like worldly things worldwide that we know nothing about. And so um, Rabbi can take it over from there because I'm not really educated on it. Um, I used to ask for the gifts of tongues and um, somebody told me to go in a car and practice and like a, a a dummy I did because I didn't know. And then I went to my mother and she said, he can't give you nothing he don't have. You can't practice that. It, it comes naturally. And she was right. And so uh, my son had gotten a situation and I was fasting and I was literally in the bathroom just praying and I started speaking in tongues. And so it just comes over me sometimes and I don't second guess it or think about it or I haven't digested it. I just use it when the spirit rises in me to use it. So um, 
And, you know, that's one thing he said, too, that once you're born again and, Ho and Holy Spirit, well, you know, in, in Genesis, he blew, he, he blew his breath in us, which contains spirit. Now, once you're born again, Holy Spirit is in you. You just have to, we have to learn how to bring it up. I think somewhere Isaiah talks about the, the belly, the, the belly high is like water in the belly and it just has to come up. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm, if I'm saying that such that everybody understand what I'm saying. But he says, believers, he said, rather, believers do not pray to connect, but they pray in connection with Abba because Holy Spirit is in you. So you're not trying to connect to him. You're already connected to him. So you're just praying with him. And that's the good thing about it. Mm -hmm. And so like now, said, everybody I'm, that's I'm born not, again, I'm, I'm not well versed in it. So Rabbi Absalom, you know, what, what do you have to say on, on the topic of speaking in tongues? Um, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, soft. <laughs> I'm trying to be soft because, uh, you know, and the things I didn't listen to the entire uh dissertation that he gave. Um, but I would be interested to know what scriptures he used to, to back up from the Torah, something from the Tanakh that backs up what he's saying about glossolalia. In other words, the babbling tongue. I would like to see that. I haven't found it yet. I've been searching, but I haven't found it yet where it talks about babbling. And I haven't seen it, but I have seen the 70 languages, people speaking the same language. I have seen the Tower of Babel where, you know, we were scattered and, and, and language became very important to so the what people. Is, what is babbling, Rabbi? Is that like a fake tongue? Yeah. Like the guy told me to go in the car and practice? What? Tell me, I don't get babbling. That. Babbling is unintelligible words. Okay, they call it prayer language, that's babbling. With stammering lips and another tongue, that's where they get that from, right? That's what they, they try to justify with that. But I haven't, and again, I'm, uh, I've experienced the speaking in tongues uh, and it came from within me already because I am from the Father, just like, you know, we are. And, and but uh, there's, there's always, again, I, I don't want to get into somebody else's where they at their space because I don't know how they're being dealt with with the father and their calling. Uh, the you know the gentleman was given it, but again I haven't seen it in the scripture. But I've ex I've experienced again speaking in tongues. And I have, and I go along with the seventy languages and I go along with what happened you know prior, uh, at the day of Pentecost. I, I accept all those. But as far as speaking in tongues to code it from the adversary, I don't go along with that because he's on a different level. The adversary is on a different level. And we don't have to speak in code to the father because when you're speaking the truth to the father, it doesn't matter whether the adversary hears it or not. He has no power over it. That's what the father is showing us, that when we're in him, the adversary has no power over us, especially the children of Israel. So I don't, I can't accept 
speaking in tongues in order to code it from the devil so he can't understand it because that's not true. Okay. Okay, it's not necessary. Our power comes from the Father. When you speak the word of God, it overpowers everything else. That's why when we say his name, we say the name, the whole creation stands up and takes notice because you're speaking the power of the Father, you know, his name. And so that part I, I can't accept, right? I, I can't go along with it. Um, so I, I know that we and have I to just, be careful. That's just because, what I was taught. It, it, it could be wrong. I'm just saying that's yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a lot of people understanding. Yeah. So that's why it's good that we're talking about this. Yeah. And so, you know, I can, again, I, I've experienced it. I'm not one of those rabbis that have never experienced it. Um, I have experienced, you know, I have, and I've, from all my life, from as a child, and then for myself, actually, you know, experiencing it from within me coming forward, I know that it's true. But I believe that the language that I did speak was Hebrew. Hebrew. When I spoke in tongues, I spoke one of the languages, or you're going to speak one of the, the languages that appears. And again, as far as public speaking, I, I think that the, the rule of law is you don't speak if people can't understand it. And, and so that's why when we go to Sabbaths, when we have services, we speak the Hebrew language or the holy tongue. Then we interpret it. We translate it so people can understand it. That's what it means when it says it's, you know, for the, not for the believer, for the unbeliever, because we're speaking the humbly language, the tongue, all right, in the congregation. And the people that are there, they say, well, we don't understand Hebrew. Well, then we interpret, we translate what we're saying. So that's, and I can go with that because again, remember I'm a rabbi and I, and I can't go with theory that can you can neither, neither prove or disprove, but I can prove what it says in the scripture, right? When it's Hebrew and or Greek or Romanian or Spanish, you know, or, you know, the patois of, of, the, of the, the language of the, the islands, but they always translate it. When I, when I start to learning Swahili, I'm gonna to learn to speak Swahili because as a people, we wanna be, be able to communicate with each other so that other people don't understand it, right? Uh -huh. But then if we want them to know, we will translate what we're saying or we'll speak it in their language. So that's where we deal with on a rabbinical level. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? That's what we go by. If I go into the court of law, if I go to the Beit Din and say, well, so and so is speaking to me, what language are you speaking? And where does it say that in the Torah? I can't back it up. I lose my case. But if I can go in the Torah and say, this is where it says, you were speaking a, a babbling language and nobody understands but you and the Lord, then I, then I have my case. I can satisfy my case with two witnesses from the Torah, but I can't do it. So far, I haven't been able to do it. And I've you know, I've researched. What does the Torah? Does the Torah say anything about speaking in tongue at all? No, talks about the languages. Talks about the seventy languages. It was translated into the seventy languages. That's what it talks about. Uh -huh. Translating the Torah into the seventy languages. That's what it talks about when it talks about tongues. Uh -huh. Okay. So I, I can't take it into the court of law to debate then, and and I can't, I can't stand on your behalf. At the big well, end well, well you gotta look at it. Uh, Apostle Benjamin, he's a rabbi, so he's only going by the first five books of the Torah. No, I'm going through all of them. Uh, I go by yeah, 88 books. 
Oh, you going by the 88 books? I go by 88 books. Yeah, yeah. I don't go by just, uh, you know, 32 books or 66 books. I go by 88. Well, then books. in Romans, it does. It doesn't say like what I said, that it's only uh, to speak to the Lord that the devil can't hear. Right. I mean, man probably made that up because they didn't told me that too. You know, I've been lied to the whole time. I'm trying to still get this <laughs> thing straight. But it does talks about the groaning in Romans uh, 8, 26 through 8. Yeah. 26 that, that, again, that's Romans. That's Rome. That's Gentile. That's not Torah. That's mm -hmm. not the Tanakh. That's not the foundational book that we live by. Right. So that's why so, I was telling him so you're only going by the first five books. Yeah. The Torah. So that, wrote, that throws it out. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. In that sense, yeah, you're correct because we have to base it on the foundation as laid, which you know we study every mm -hmm. every year. Yeah. But in, in, in Acts, when it when it when it talks about the Holy Spirit falling on their tongues and they spoke in different languages, mm -hmm. speaking in tongues. Right. And that is some people want to say a strange tongue. It's not strange as you indicated. They're speaking in a language that you just may not be aware of. Right. So it's different tongues. Yeah. And and uh everybody from wherever they were heard that language as they spoke in different tongues in Acts 2. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I can't think of the, the verse where, where Paul laid hands on a few guys and they started speaking in tongue and prophesying. Prophesying, right. Um, and I can't remember wh what which scripture that was in. Yeah. But, yeah. and Paul said he spoke in tongues but he he wanted he wished people would prophesize more because it profit the people when you when they hear something and they understand what you're saying versus you standing up and speaking again what I call your prayer language or you just praying to Father, yeah, in that language, right. And and so now I can I could verify that in the in the Tanakh. Because it talks about when the uh, Saul was going, I guess when Saul was going down, he said, you're going to see a band of people coming down and they're going to be prophesying. He said, and when you get near to them, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you will change into a new man and you will prophesy, right? Mm -hmm. But again, it's still not in a strange language, right? It's not a babbling, no, it's, it's not a babbling language. It's prophesying it's it's legend it, it's understandable because you're glorifying magnifying our father okay now that's yeah babbling language is totally different from prayer language what what i call prayer language and i think it's what he calls he called it individual language because you're praying strictly totally to father communication between the two of you now i've i've heard the term babbling and uh, I guess it's, I don't know what it is, except for a language that's like, like you know, like a baby start talking, you got to teach them. And maybe that person has to exercise that gift more to it. It comes to a language that is uh, usable. So I, I don't know, but the, the babbling part didn't come up. He just spoke about the three parts that's the, the individual, the uh, proof, and the prophesied. Yeah. And so when, yeah, so you have to back it up with what it says in the Torah or the Tanakh, with the prophets 
you know, the law and the prophets. If it's not there, then it has no, no uh, you can't justify it, right? But, and you can't use what's in the New Testament because the foundation comes from the Torah. That's always our foundation. That keeps us on the right path, keeps us from missing the mark. Whenever we deviate, everything that, when you look at what Yeshua actually taught, the foundation, you will find it in the Torah. Okay. Whatever, if, if it's Yeshua's words and he spoke it, it's in the Torah somewhere or the Torah. He, he used the prophets, he used the, the Psalms, you know. Uh, so again, I don't have some, I mean, speaking in tongues is, is, is a gift, right? And yeah. it's a gift from the Father. Uh, he sends through the Holy Spirit, his, his rule. Um, yeah. but, but we have to be, again, we have to be cognizant of the fact that it has to, the found, we have to use it on the foundation of the Torah. So when we, again, and I, and I have done it, but I, I haven't, uh, I don't know, maybe it's because of the teachings that I've, I've had to go through, the training that I had to go through. Um, and, and when I listen to people, when they speak in tongues, uh, I, I listen intelligently because I can understand some languages and I can understand some words from Russian and, 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 and some Korean, uh, you know, I can understand some so, uh, different languages from the world. I can understand certain things. Yeah. Some German. So I, yeah. So I listen. Right. And if I don't hear anything, and basically if you say something about the father in those languages, or, or, or Messiah, then they generally usually sound pretty much the same. And if I don't hear those, then I, I, I question it. And, and, and so I just don't, again, I just, I can't condemn what I have no authority over, right? Because that's from the, that's between the people or the person and their relationship with the father. So like Israel, we have our relationship with the father is different from people outside of Israel, okay? Our relationship is totally different. So our punishment is different when we do things wrong, right? Then, see, the Gentiles can get away with things. We can't, all right? The nations can get away with things. We can't. The Russian Jews, they can get away with things that we can't. European Jews, they can get away with things we can't get away with because we are Israel, okay? We are Israel. We're different. Uh, his spirit in us, you know, is really powerful, okay? So, and his relationship with us is different because we are his children and we are created to rule over the nations. We may not be in that position right now because of our disobedience, but it's different for us. So when we receive the gift of, of, of tongues in different languages, I, I think one of the things we have to do is, as, as you said, like a child, we, we must seek to understand, to find out if I'm speaking a language one of the 70 languages or one of the many dialects. See, there's 70 languages and then there are different dialects of those languages. Right. Okay. And so you might be speaking one of the dialects of that language, right? Mm -hmm. so, so that's how I have to, to go with whenever I'm talking about tongues and interpretation of tongues, you may be speaking one of the different dialects of that. And it is your responsibility to find out what that is. If you're not in the presence of, you know, if you're by yourself in your in your private room, 
Seek, it says, if you ask for the understanding, he'll give it to you, right? You'll be able to understand it. So that's what I would advise is if you have your, your heavenly language, your prayer language, ask for the interpretation of it so you can understand it and then you can explain it to other people. That's our responsibility as Israel to make sure that we can talk to other people. Uh, in other words, prophesy. See, uh, Rabbi, mm -hmm. I heard you help me on this. Um, in, in Ephesians, he gives the he being uh, Yeshua left those gifts unto man. Uh, so I never thought about tying everything back into Torah, like I heard you say. So how, can can we can you do that? Sure. It, it, All the, spirit, the spiritual gifts. Yeah, the the gifts. As you when they were building the temple, building the Mishkan. Okay. Remember when in the and they, and they and he put on Bezalel, uh, Bezalel, I think it's what the name, and he. All the gifts, and they were from gifts. They were from the tribe of Judah and, and different tribes, but they had artisans and 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 things like that. And those that didn't mess, those are gifts. Those are those were poured out upon them, right? Mm -hmm. And remember Moshe Rabbeinu and and Aaron, and and he said, "Well, who can talk for me? Because I don't have a tongue." He said, "Aaron." So he gave Aaron became the preacher. You see, so the okay. gifts are, are revealed. In the Torah or the Tanakh, you know, um, healing, Elijah, you know, you see healing, you know, and, and you see various gifts being manifested all throughout the Torah and the Tanakh, I should say, through the Tanakh. And the books that are not even there, if you get, if we get the other books in the Sefer, then you really start to see the gifts being manifested throughout those books, those 81 books that they have, you see. And so they're there. When it, when it talks about an Ephesian, again, but the, what, the, what you have to be careful of is if you don't follow the foundation of Torah, you can get caught up in mixing truth with fiction, which is what has happened oftentimes. When we start talking, when people start talking, well, I'm in the spirit now, I moved off into a different realm, but it, you can't verifying in the Torah, you know, then we are in gray area, right? We're in a gray area. So in it, when it's talking about gifts, especially in Ephesians, mm -hmm. those were manifested throughout all of Israel. All the, and you know, Israel, they were doing miracles all along, even up, up you know, even during the time of Mashiach, they were, they were used to miracles. That was a, an everyday occurrence for them. Miracles, you know. We're the ones that don't see the miracles every day, but they saw the miracles. And, and so when they were watching Yeshua, they were going to see, is he a prophet or what? Is he, is, he, is he who he says he is? You know, and they knew he is who he says he is, right? Correct. Yeah, because the gifts were manifesting in his life, in his ministry, okay? And it, same thing with us. All of us that are here right now, if we allow it, you know, and, and we all have various ministries. You don't, you may be walking in your ministry and not even know because you're walking in it. Mm -hmm. You may not so know. So natural it to, you. to you. 
Yeah, it's so natural. You're doing it. People do it and yeah. don't even know what they're doing. Yeah, I've seen that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just something that's, and you can, sometimes some people have the, anoint, uh, the anointing so powerful in their life. You know, you get close to them and you just feel, I said, feel it. You can just, it's like tangible, you know, and the gifts are that way when people walk, if they're devoted to that, to, 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 to operating, you can, it manifests. It just, it just can't help it. It's like fruit on a tree. When it, it, it just comes out, you see that fruit and you just go, I pulled a whole leaf off of just full of, you know, peppers, just full of them. I said, now that's like the gifts, you know, that's, that's showing you how it works, yeah. you know, and it just continue to produce it and see, I pull them off and it continued to produce. Right. So when you operate in those gifts that it talks about in book of, in, in, in Ephesians talks about a lot of things it talks about, even the adversary's authority that he operates in, right? principalities and powers and it talks about the organization you know and in those organizations he does things again all of that's in the spiritual realm that operates that manifests in the natural realm so we look for the manifestation of tongues and the interpretation of tongues uh gifts of healing prophecy prophecy is so powerful because prophecy can stir the hearts and minds of people to change correct you know that's why Shaul, Paul says I that you prophesy more than any other gift because motivating people, you know, when you know Torah and you can operate in Torah and you, whenever, anytime you start to, 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 to talk about and to explain Torah, you're prophesying. And then you start, you know, you get deeper into it when you start to magnify the Father, you know, people's hearts change. Circumstances change. You know, directions change. You know, and and some people who are on the adversary side have no part of the tree of life. They'll get angry with you and hmm. fight against you. You see, so the prophecy works both ways, two-edged sword, right? Well, Apostle yeah. Benjamin, I know I thank you for bringing the subject up. I know you have to uh, have another event you have to go to soon. Uh, you want to wrap it up before you go on your other event on... Um, on the topic and we thank you so much and we we encourage anyone any topic you want to bring to the table feel free send me your email address and come on and we can discuss it yeah no that was that was basically it um uh-huh. I, I think um i wish i had that the, i could cite his video or his uh what, what you call it his site his website yeah, yeah. but i can't since that uh-huh. someone who wanted better uh, understanding and better information could go there and look at it but you know uh easter can that which i shared with you can you share it with someone else who might uh call in or something what i'm going to do is when i um post this i can put it in the comments yeah i'm gonna put the website down in the comments so anyone who wants to uh look at it can go ahead and review and get more in depth into the video and what we're talking about. So that, I'll, I'll that's, post that's the link. great. That's yeah. great. So I'll, I'll so. post the link at the bottom. Um, but we we thank you so much, and uh, this is discussions that we need to have. Yeah, for better clarity and understanding. Because a lot yeah. of people want that gift, and if you want it, it's there. Mm-hmm. God is yeah, no, no way. He's no respecter of person. 
And That's you correct. may not get it right when you ask for it, but you'll get it right on time. Yeah. It took me about th uh, three or four years after I prayed for it to get mm -hmm. it. But it came right on time. It, it came when God wanted when it. When you needed to come. it. Yeah. It overtook me then. And I can tell you one thing, man, man couldn't get me there. God had to give it to me. And it was natural. And I was fasting at the time. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know where you'll get it or what your uh, testimony will be. But speaking in tongues is real. It's yes, real. it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. And it doesn't make us better than anybody else because you know in God's word and you praying down. I, I've seen people who don't know how to speak in tongues and pray down the heavens. So <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> it doesn't mean we're better than you or somebody's better than you because they speak in tongues. You don't know. That doesn't mean that. So right. don't don't get that twisted. Yeah. yeah and, and that's one thing. What God has for you. It's for you. And if God has you just praying over people, laying on people and healing people, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. But if you desire that gift, then sometimes I know people tarry for it. And there's different ways that you can do it. I don't I don't even know if that that's true because we, we've gotten mixed <laughs> up in so many different things. It's just it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And that's why we're trying to just break it down and say, go back to the Torah, go back to the basics and let God do what he's going to do with you. Let him speak to your spirit. Let him guide you. Let him give you the gifts that he wants you to have. Because say I, would, I, I would say laying hands on somebody and healing them is more powerful than speaking in tongues. But who am I? Just whatever God gives you is to edify and build up the kingdom anyway. Every piece is needed. Yep. He'll find you. The Father will find you wherever you are and he'll deal with you where you are. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I was at the Holiness Church. As, you know, I went there the first time and I heard this pe those people spoke in tongues. I didn't understand a word they were saying, but I knew there was power in it. Mm -hmm. And I never forgot it. I, you could not tell me, you know, after that, that there was no gift of speaking in tongues. You couldn't tell me that after I saw them do it and heard them doing it. And, yeah. and it was so much so that when I was an adult, became an adult. And I was, again, you have to be seeking it with your whole heart and desiring to operate in the gift. Right, and you have to you have to be open about this thing. You have to pray for it earnestly, and He will meet you where you are. Now, you may not understand what you're saying. Everybody else may not understand what you're saying, but understand He will meet you where you are. And all you have to do is allow the Spirit to operate in you, and that's that's as easy as it gets. You know, yes. and, and you know that, that brings me back to. God heard you the first time. You don't have to beg him. It took four years. I had forgot I had even prayed about speaking time. I forgot about it and said, it ain't going to never happen, whatever. Got it out my head. But God, he heard your prayer. Our time and his time are not the same time. Four years ain't nothing for him. 400 years ain't nothing for him. That's like a blink of I forgot. When it's time, he'll do it. He heard you the first time. You don't have to say the same prayer every night begging for something. Our God heard us. That's right. Sometimes things aren't for us. Sometimes he's, he, he keep us from getting what we're asking for because he, he can see the future of how it's going to harm you. That's right. And so yeah. just ask God for it and, and, and leave it there and put it in his hand and trust him. Have faith and trust him. Yeah. I, I've heard uh, Apostle Benjamin's praying in tongues. And he said something in Hebrew. I looked, I, I caught my, I said, what? <laughs> and said, and he said, so I said, oh, I bet he don't even know he said it. He don't know he said it. Nope. And then often I asked Apostle <laughs> Dr. Benjamin to come on and pray. And he has a powerful prayer. 
And so he speaks <laughs> in tongues a lot of times. And so um, God is using you and let God continue to use you and pray down the heavens for people. Amen. So, yeah. So well, we stay in our lane. Yeah. I, I hate to leave y'all, but I got to go. May, may each and every one of you be blessed in Yeshua's name. And I love you. We love you. And All we'll right. see you soon. Amen. Our Mishpaha, our Mishpaha, which is family. We Ahava, we love you. So I, I, I got my words. I know my little yes, words. You got, it. <laughs> you got, it. You got keep, keep on using them. The more you use them, the better familiar you be with them. Rabbi teased me. He said, you got that little dialect. Well, I'm an East Coast girl. I'm always going to have that. So. <laughs> be blessed, y'all. All right. Love All you. Right. Bye-bye. Love you, too. <laughs> Okay, so we have our great, wonderful Rabbi Absalom and his lovely wife. And so I know we kind of, uh, sometimes we get off on a tangent, but sometimes these are discussions we need to have and people are curious about it. And so um, I know speaking in tongue was a big thing for me because I was like, I want everything. I, you know, I don't want to be left out of nothing. Whatever yeah. gift there is, whatever blessing there is, I, I need it. I, I, I want it. And yeah. so I hope that we encourage and help someone with the discussion that we had. So Rabbi, if we can touch up on the word some on the parashah and um, then we can just wrap it up and. Okay, we can, uh, yeah, we can, we can look at a little bit of the, the parashah. Um, uh -huh. The, uh, hold on, give me just a second here. Yeah, this parashah um, is, is, you know, the, the thing about it in this parish, we, we were talking about it in our special class on our Tuesday night class, right? Kind of hit on that. We got a little deep, you know, we get a little deep on, on the Tuesday night. We try to on some subjects, but we have to be very careful with it because if people don't understand where we're coming from, they might get off, right? So we're very careful. So on, on here, we, we're talking about Noah and the ark, right? And how the the whole earth was corrupt, you see. And so we have to, you know, we see the future by looking in the past, right? That's how we have to know what's gonna happen in the future. So if I wanna know what's gonna to happen to the nations and to, and again, it's, it's focused on Israel and the relationship with Israel and the father, right? So if I wanna know what's going on, I have to go back to the Torah and see what happened. So this man, Noah, this albino man, Noah, a lot of people don't know he's albino, you know. Uh, you know, he, he had these three sons and they were married and Noah found favor. Noah, by the way, is a Mashiach. He is a, he's one of the Mashiach. If you didn't know that, and what do we? What is a Mashiach? Because anybody tell me what a Mashiach is? See, you have to think about it. What does it mean? What does a, a what does the word Mashiach mean? We use that a lot. We say Yeshua Hamashiach, um, you know, and, and and the Torah talks about the Mashiach, different Mashiachs at the times, anointed ones. Let me make it like. Let me just answer the question, right? An anointed messenger. It's anointed one, yeah, an anointed one. That's what it actually talked about, anointed people. So kings were Mashiach. In other words, they were anointed, right? 
And, and I know had, that in our parish, uh, that first covenant was with Noah. Everybody think it was with Abraham, but really it, a covenant was made with Noah at that time too. That covenant of what? The rainbow. Mm -hmm. right? Of not to kill us off, flood us again, mm -hmm. the whole earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And so, and you can see that, that proves the word actually. That's one of the proofs of the word is that it says that there will be a bow in the sky every time it rains. You mm -hmm. look for it. When there's moisture in the air and it gets those different, you know, scientifically, you know, you get in the different rays and, and, it, and as it goes through, the sunlight goes through, it gets these different colors. It doesn't matter about that. Science doesn't matter. It is the, the fact is that the father said to Noah and to the, all the creation, it wasn't just with Noah, but it was the whole creation that that covenant is with, you see. And it says, I will not overflow the entire world. It didn't say it wouldn't have floods. Notice, it uh -huh. didn't say that wouldn't be floods. And the people would not be killed or destroyed, but there would not be destruction by flood. But he said, I would not destroy what? The Amen. entire world. That's right. So we, Kingwood got flooded. And, uh, you know, you get floods all over the country and all over the world now, but it's not the entire world. But if you look in the sky, you'll see that covenant, right? So those things are very important for us. And, and, and also, um, Noah was a drinker too, right? Uh -huh. Noah, he, he liked his wine. I like my wine too. I'm a wine bibbler myself. He actually, Mashiach is a wine bibbler. He says, I'm, he called me a wine bibbler and a glutton, right? So, you know, he well, drank yeah, sure. it. That was one of his first miracles was turning the, the, the water to wine. Yeah, he drank that wine. You know, wine is uh -huh. good. If you look at wine, it's good for you. You get the red wine, it's supposed to be good for you, right? Yes, I have. That's what I like, red wine too. I got some red rhyme right behind me. I got to get into it after a while. <laughs> but, <laughs> and actually, you know, you know, I say that like, but yeah, it's 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 a good thing. But he overdid it. He had overindulged himself. And one of the things in this, you have to read this parish off. And it, and you know, after the rainbow, then Noah gets drunk, right? Right. And then, uh, of course, the people, um, uh, his son, his son, mm -hmm. now. When you, Ham, when you, Ham saw him naked. This is important. This is this is a, one of the important things we have to really think about. Now, Ham, the way the order of it is, is Ham is actually first, the firstborn. Ham is actually the first, mm -hmm. right? And then and then Shem and Noah. And the reason I'm doing it, not not Shem, but Jephet, 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 Ham. Shem, Jephet. Yeah, and there's okay. a there's a reason why I put them in that order. If you were in our Tuesday night class, we discussed right that mm -hmm. a little bit. Okay. So you understand why I'm saying Ham first, Shem second, and then Jephet. Mm -hmm. And so we come from that. We say we get the in that teaching, we get from the modern day teachers that that's where the races races come from and a little bit there and it's for the most part it is correct you know but it doesn't give you the whole story of how it actually comes about because there's prophecy in in that those three sons prophecy is told in that now ham the firstborn son went in and saw his father's nakedness and they make all these stories about he emasculated his father because he had he was gonna have other children and going to interfere with his his um inheritance. So he emasculated, whatever he castrated him. 
that way they're gone, you know, so he couldn't have no more children. All of that stuff, you can just throw it out the window. I never heard that before. Oh yeah, you, you just hang out. You you you'll see it. It's in different circles. See, different people have different teachings. That's why we always have to go back to Torah, right? Mm -hmm. And look at what the Torah is, because people add stuff. And that's why it's important, you know, oral tradition is okay, but it's better to have it in stone or on paper because it helps eliminate the changes through time. That's why it's better to read it yourself instead of just listening to these preachers and pastors preach to you. That's right. Start reading the word yourself. That's right. Because I can entice you. I can put a spell on you. That's why they call the gospel. I can put my spell on you. Right take by, all you your ain't going to put no spell on nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I, get that, I get that Mashiach operating, that anointed operating, and, and then, then uh, mess you up, right? <laughs> so, you know, ham, this is something that is a challenge. I read some years ago, this professor said that when Noah took the animals two by two into the ark, he took a black man and a black woman as a beast into the ark. What? I read that. Yeah, and he was teaching that in Bible college. I read that. Uh, uh, uh. And I said, this man, I didn't want to, I won't say what I called him, but I, you know, <laughs> you know, that's the kind of stuff that people are, are being fed. Uh, uh, uh. Right. And and so and and so that, that's the same thing that's happening with ham today. And today, people still say that ham is cursed. We need to look at that, right? Can we look at that? Let me see. Uh, well, it talks about ham. Let me see if I can find it. We're in chapter six. So I, I believe it's in seven. Okay, let me go down about, in seven. Where, where, where they about talk ham. about ham looking at his father next to yeah. in the curve. Yeah. yeah. So, and it did the seven. Okay, that's seven. Uh, okay, now we gotta go to eight. Gotta go to chapter eight. Okay, the seas. He remember Noah that came out. He get the covenant with Noah and all the people. This this thing goes all the way to chapter eleven. So right, we go to we eleven in there. our in our parish all. Yeah. I don't know okay. why seven came in my head. Yeah. Okay, so okay. ten. If ten goes into uh. And the sons of Ham, Cush, and okay. Yeah, and ten, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when let me make it let me make it short for you. When when uh, uh I got this thing. This I can't see y'all. I'm trying. I got my screen all messed up, and I can't see you. I need to see. Okay, I can see you now. But um, when Ham went in and saw his father's nakedness, he was looking at his wife. So whatever he did, he did to the wife, okay? And usually what happens in the past happens in the future, right? So we see in the tribe of Judah, um, let's see, who's one of this, Reuben. Now, what do you mean he was looking at his wife? He was looking for his wife or what? No, no. His flesh, his wife, his flesh is his wife. See, when, when a man marries his wife, his wife becomes his flesh. She looked upon it as his flesh. So when Ham looked upon it, he when he saw it, said saw his father's flesh, he saw his mother's nakedness. And, you know, he disrespected his father in whatever he did, because it doesn't go into detail, right? But in other writings, it says that he stole the clothing and stuff like, you know, you get into he stole the clothing of the clothes of, of 
Adam, his garment. He stole the garment because Ham had taken the garment and, and given it to his grandson later on, right? And that was Nimrod. And so Nimrod put the garments on and became a, a mighty man. Right, so, the colorful, the colorful right, jacket. Right, right. But when we go to it, it talks about his, his father's flesh. His wife was his father's flesh. He didn't perform homosexuality on his father. He did not castrate his father. It was dealing with the wife, the flesh of his father. That's what it was. That's why he didn't kill her his grandson, right? Because remember, again, he didn't curse Ham. Ham was blessed already. But he said Canaan, right? So we see a repetition of that with David, right? And you see it in other places, again, with Reuben. And you see this thing happening again, over and over again, because we look at the past, we see what happens in the future. He saw and uncovered his father's wife, saw her nakedness. He was whatever. That's what happened. So the curse went to Canaan, right? And not to Ham. Now, I have the question if, and people say that Ham is cursed, and you know, and I talk to Black folk that think that Ham is cursed, right? It's okay for white folks to say that, but when Black folks say that Ham is cursed, got a problem. Because you're not reading the Torah. You're not reading it. You're not reading it. It says Canaan. And that and, and he said the name Canaan. Cursed be Canaan. He shall be a servant of servants. See? And so, again, and in Canaan, they did all kinds of things. Again, idol worshiping and, and, and things of that nature. So I'm focusing so much on that because Ham... When you look at Ham and his descendants, we get science, mathematics, medicine. We get all the modern conveniences of the day that came from the teachings of the Hamites. They call them Egyptians, but they're Hamites. Egyptians are Hamites. When you look at that lineage of Ham, Lud, and although those are Hamites, that's the land of, of, of uh, Africa. They call it Africa now, the African continent. That's the West of, of uh, you know, that's the West. At that time, the known West was, was Africa. And Libya, great nation. So how could they be cursed? How could the father curse Ham, the Hamites, and allow them to have all this wonderful knowledge the seed of knowledge of the world was in their hands and they use it properly for the good of the betterment of mankind. Not only that, their land is the most fertile land in the world, even to today. The resources that we have on that land surpasses all the other continents of the world. Now the people that say that they're cursed live in Russia and, and Europe and their resources are scarce. So if they're so blessed, why did the Lord put them up there and not in Africa? I'm just raising up a question. If Ham is so cursed, if he's cursed by God, why would he put them, him on the Nile River at that time? When, you know, and, and you go out there to all the gold that they talked about. It talks about all the gold, where the good gold comes from. Mm -hmm. and, and 
the resources, all the precious metals. You go down in the continent of Africa, you get it. And are they cursed? The only curse that they have on, on the Hamites is what happened when Jepheth came in and began to rape and pillage the land and exploit them because their, their hearts were not a people of, of, of war. You know, they may have did other things, done a, did other things, but they had the seat of knowledge and they knew how to, they had inside toilets and all kinds of stuff. They had, you see the, the folding chairs that you have in the church when you go to wooden folding chairs? They mm -hmm. used those in Egypt. That wasn't a, a new invention. That came out of Egypt. If you go to the, when you go to the museum in Egypt and you go down there and, and you go down there with the tomb where you see they had fold, they had cots and things, portable beds and stuff that they used when they traveled. Modern conveniences, those are Hamites. Those are Hamites, you see? So again, we can dispel the lie through the Torah, okay? Sure, the Canaanites were cursed and they paid the price for it. But that has nothing to do with Ham and his, the rest of the descendants, his other sons who, again, were blessed. And one of the, Zephaniah, the prophet, is son of Cush, Cushy. Zephaniah, a prophet. So if, if they're cursed, why would Zephaniah, a Cushy, a black man, be a prophet? See? So, so it, it dispels those teachings. Any questions on that? Any? Uh... No, just something to think about, something to marinate in your spirit. Yeah, yeah. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, so now let's go on again. And I'm not going to be too long because, you know, this is, uh, this is uh, uh, again, today is Rosh Kodesh also. We're in Rosh Kodesh. I'm looking for the moon tonight to see if we get the sliver of the moon. I didn't see it the other two nights. Tonight I'm going to go out when I sign the show file for Shabbat. I'll look for the moon. Just want to throw that in. But anyway, now the, the last thing I want to touch on, we already discussed it, was um, the dispersion at Babel, right? The only, the, only, the only thing I will say when I read that is that how uh, a lot of the Caucasian folks say you all are Africans, us here in Hamites. Okay, let's say if that was true, which is that that's not because we know we come from Shem. Okay, Hamites are black. So those were his two brothers. So what color you think they are? Mm -hmm. So let's, let's uh, I, I mean, knowing his wife had three sons, don't tell me one of them was black and the other two were white. <laughs> and it's not even about skin color. It's just about what people try to say and then they try to bypass it like it's not important. If it's not important, then why are you hiding it? But yeah. go ahead, that when I read those, you know, that, yeah. that comes to my mind. Yeah, we dispel that kind of mess on our Tuesday nights, right? <laughs> we get to the truth of it. Some people can't handle it, so we try to keep it kind of mellow right now, right? If you want to get deep, come in on the Tuesday night. Claire, and, and we know Noah being albino, two black people can make a white person, an albino. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and an albino is a recessive gene, right? Mm -hmm. Right, it's a recessive gene, see? So again, we understand that Noah being an albino, he still was black, he just had white skin, right? Mm -hmm. And and, and his hair was probably straight because again, recessive genes came out. But as, as it goes on, and even with Shem, there was a mixture with Hamites all the time, all the way through, 
Moses, his, his, his wives and Joseph and his wives and, you know, and, and Solomon and David and his wives were all melanated people. Let's mm -hmm. just put it that way. They're melanated people. So we, we understand all that stuff. So again, when people say that Ham is cursed, they, first of all, they missed the fact that he saw his mother's nakedness and her nakedness and he disrespected his father in that. And so his grandson was uh, cursed because, not because, you know, uh, you know, what he did was, and, and there's more of the teachings you have to get into it because he went into um, East Africa, Northeast Africa, which was Israel. They call it Palestine now. And he took that land, which was actually, they agreed upon that it was supposed to go to Shem and his descendants. Again, more black folk, brown people, right? The brown people, brown, dark brown, like us, right? Mixture up and down brown, right? You know, they were supposed to be there. But Canaan went in there and took the land that belonged actually to his brother. That's where the cursing comes in because he broke the rules. And, and so he had to do that in order to, to play out the curse upon himself. Canaan, not Ham, Canaan. Okay, so we understand that. There's more into it. We can get deeper and deeper. The more we go, with, the deeper we get, right? The You know, we, we start getting deeper and deeper into it and, and uncovering things that we already know that we try not to put too much out in the public eye because people don't really, if they're not studying the Torah on a continual basis, it can really mess some people up and you be on the street corners cussing people out. When you should be being a blessing, you become a curse and putting a blemish on the name of the father when you take a little bit of knowledge and it becomes dangerous. So we don't want to make it dangerous to you. We want it to be a blessing to the people you come into contact with because you can speak truth to power and back it up with the facts. All right. And it's in the Torah. You don't have to go through the other manuscripts. You can go right into the Torah and with an understanding of the Torah, correct explanation of the Torah based upon facts from the Torah and, and give people the truth okay, of the matter because it talks about his father's flesh in other places. In other words, it talks about the man's wife being his flesh in other places throughout the Torah, all right? We don't get into that right now today, but I wanna get into this Tower of Babel thing because again, that can tie into what we talked about earlier with tongues. And we and we probably want to um, uh, cut it short a little bit. I know there are a lot of people about to start coming in where yeah. I'm located at. And so yeah. um, yeah. if we could like just do a summary and we can probably get into a lot of it next week too. Carrie. Yeah, we'll do that. We, we can do that next week because okay. yeah. And, and but again, a good place to stop would be at, you know, at Ham and mm -hmm. and and Jeff, uh, and because again, but I will say this, when the Lord commands us to do something like be fruitful and multiply and we don't do it, he will stir it up and cause something to happen to make you fulfill his will because his word does not return to him void until it is accomplished what it is set to do. Mm -hmm. So because he told them to go out and replenish the earth and they stayed in Shinar, you see, he said, I got to do something. Or it says we, oh, this is powerful because it said we have to do it. Now, Tuesday, we talked about that, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about the Allahim, Allah, the Allahim, the powers. So he said he's talking to this heavenly court. Now, in Judaism and, and in and the Hebraics, we say the heavenly court rules on certain things. When we say the heavenly court, we're talking about the Allahim, the powers. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the powers, the father spoke to the powers and said, Let's go down there and, and check this thing out. 
And when he says that, he lets you know that you have a part in him if you are Israel. Because his spirit is in you, what you see, he sees. What you hear, he hears. You are his eyes and ears. Understand that, that principle. So he says, when I, let us go down and see. He starts looking through the eyes of you and me and listening. And then he will speak through us, truth to power. See, that's a concept. If you're looking at the powers, if you're looking at the Torah, you'll see it coming out. The heavenly court. All right. So again, so we had this, the, the Noah and his son, we had the flood. We came forward. We, we dis, dispelled the myth about Ham being cursed. And, the, and then we went on to the dispersion of the people. We didn't talk about the 70 nations yet. We'll hold that for later. Okay. 70, 70 nations. We'll hold that for later. And the seven and, and the dialects that came from the 70 nations. We'll hold that for later. But, okay. Um, well, thank you so much, Rabbi Absalom, for the word. Um, we pray that uh, you've been educated in some things. If you have some questions, feel free to leave some questions at the bottom, or you can message me your questions, uh, or you can even come on here and ask questions. I know I have a young lady who's going to come on next week. She has some questions for you, uh, Rabbi Absalom. And so we welcome these, uh, these conversations. And so uh, we love you. Uh, Rabbi Absalom, you can close us out in prayer, please. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. It is you who have created the heavens, the earth, the seas, and everything that is therein. It is you that set the sun in the sky, the moon, and the stars for signs of the season. May your name be forever praised. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together to study your word once again. We thank you for this being the day of the, the holy rest, the Shabbat. It is yeah. high above every other day, O oh Father, and you've given it to us, us along with the angels of the the sanctification and the angels of the presence. And we thank you, Father, for this opportunity. We pray that you continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit yes. and continue to walk, walk, allow us to walk in your anointing and let us be your eyes and your ears amongst the people of the earth and uh, let our mouths proclaim your wonderful work as we speak forward your word in truth and in power. We'll continue to give you the name, the praise, and the honor. Hashem Yeshua. Amen. 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 Yahweh, we thank you for your healing. We thank you for another opportunity to serve you. We thank you for your word that's going out in the airways, Lord. And we ask that you find everyone's hiding place who's watching this. Um, and we thank you. And we ask for you to tune in next week. We love you. Shalom. 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 Okay. Oh, you started recording again. Oh, I tried to stop.